0: Welcome back, everyone, to another beautiful episode of the Gathering Movement interview series. I am so grateful to be in the presence of a dear friend, a dear teacher today. So welcome, back. Satnam. Hi, Bridget. Satnam. Thank you for being here. And we just worked out all of our time, so I hope everyone can hear us all right what i love to start with is the question of how you're working in the world empowered people, to really bring people to themselves. um
1: i don't hear you well I, I i think the sound is
0: there's an echo maybe just move the computer to a different area i think it's echoing. Hello. Uh, I hear an echo too. All right, anyone who's live, let us know if you hear this echo. Now I don't hear it. Oh, I do. Let's see. Mm, I hear the echo, I'm not sure. Let's um, let's do this. Let's move to Zoom because it is really echoey and I think it's hard to. I think it's better now. I can hear you perfectly now. You can. Okay. Anyone who's here with us, let us know if it's really echoey. Um, okay. And I'll, I'll cut this for, for a podcast. But my question was, how does your work empower people to be the leader of their own life? First of all, thank you for the invite and I admire your work.
1: I just really love what you do and we have been connected in the past probably two years and, and we had a lot of um, opportunities to practice yoga together and share a lot uh, with the people who surrounded us in those classes and um, I think it's really important that we help people to just spiritually and to in general grow up Uh, to their own capacity and to their own life. And at the beginning when, you know, I started to little step by little step walking the, the way of yoga, I had no idea that I was going to influence so many people's lives. Because at first I really started to do yoga and chanting and meditation for my own selfish benefit Cause I had a, a very bad accident. So I just wanted to walk again. And with every kriya, with every sequence, with every single time I sat on my meditation cushion, the world started to open up and more and more of my own power hit me and I started to work with the power. And once you learn this power and once all the miracles start to unfold for you and you just realize how fast your thoughts and your manifestation work, you just want to share that. It's so natural. It's, you don't even have to think about it. You just become the way for others.
0: Do you feel like we have to have this experience first for ourselves to then go on and be the teacher of it?
1: If I just read the power, the capacity uh, about Kundalini, the nerve of the soul, if I just read that in a book, I would not be able to teach it or show the way because unless I know how to access this force, it's hard to describe.
0: I couldn't agree more. And one of my favorite teachings in Kundalini is that your experience is the greatest teacher Of all. And I found that so, it just to be true in every aspect of life, actually. And most of the time, growing up, when we're going to school, we are only learning things in a book. But it's not until we have the experience of something in our life, whether it's um, a blissful, beautiful experience or a very challenging experience, that we truly, truly learn. Right. Absolutely. For you, how did you. how did you find yoga, or how did yoga find you? Um, so
1: let's go back 18 years. I, I just celebrated my my adulthood in spirituality this October um, in 2002, in the peak of my my happy um, happy life and career. I I lived in Europe back those days, and I had my little perfect life and a great career and i fell from the horse on a frozen ground and uh, in a split second my whole life shattered not only my femur my knee joint into uh, like a puzzle like 100 pieces but my whole life everything and um uh, uh the doctors actually contemplated above my own head whether they should um reconstruct my my leg or just cut it from the knee below. And um, those moments, um, brought me back to the here and now, like nothing before. And when I was present with a lot of pain after the reconstructive surgery and the doctor came in and told me, okay, Agnes, we did our best, but from now on it's you and God. And, Before him, no one ever mentioned me God because my dad was working in a communist country for the government. So I was not allowed to go to temple, to churches, to nothing. We couldn't even mention God because if someone learned, he would have gotten fired. So I I never heard the word God. And this person, this great super doctor tells me that now it's me and God. And I was like, okay, if it's me and God, I'll have to figure it out. (laughs) And yoga was offering God in a lot of scriptures and books. And um, some people who practiced yoga around me, they were mentioning God and they were praying to God. So I thought that this path would bring me closer to God.
0: So true. Wow, I didn't know that um, your dad worked for the government. And I can only imagine growing up during those times and not even knowing this word, not even knowing what, what this truly was. So when you had that experience, you must have felt like your whole world was not only shattered but opened. So what happens then?
1: And if I may share with
0: you, because
1: I yeah I never told you that my my dad had a, a very responsible position, um, and um, and I, I I was brought up in strict circumstances. Um, we were living a good life, but emotionally and spiritually, none of us in the family were thriving. And I have to say that looking back, and I wrote a book about this and um, the feminine, it's called the, um, I wrote it in Hungarian. So it's called um, Woman, the Nucleus of Life. And in one of the first stories I share with everyone that um as i look back into my early femininehood my my early teenager uh years i was always um i got hooked on something that tried to fill that i tried to fill my hole with and growing up without god or growing up with without the soul and the closeness of our true being it leaves a lot of empty space and a lot of black holes. And whatever we do, all the addictions and all the relationships and everything tries to bring something into this deep, vast, painful hole. And it's just temporary. It feels good for two hours, for two days, for two years. And then the hole is back again, open wound.
0: I couldn't agree more. And I've had similar experiences growing up as well and it wasn't until i also found or yoga found me as i like to say that i was able to realize the truth of who i am of the deeper parts of me as well so thank you for sharing that to you what does the word or what does kundalini mean to you
1: So just as most people who who come to me um, hearing about kundalini that it has to do something with the serpent or like a spiraling energy, um, sometimes people think that it has to do with cobra pose with and It can only happen in that position. Um, I had no idea, but when kundalini found me, and I'm I'm going to uh, steal or borrow your expression. Because I also fear that I did not find yoga. I did not find Kundalini. I was just basically ready, and I had to say yes to step um, over that doorstep and and merge into the practice. But um, so when I when you when Kundalini yoga found me, I already thought that I was the greatest yogi. Like I had uh, the major hatha yoga poses. I could walk on my hands, I could do any kind of headstand with any leg variations, holding for even 20, 25 minutes. I was actually competing with my friend and family <laughs> who can hold the, the um, headstand sirshasana longer. And then um, with this great spiritual ego that we all go through this phase, because these poses, when we unlock the blocked energy through the body, through the the, the energy bodies, that we have, we don't know what to do with these forces. And it goes into our head (laughs) because energy is going upwards when it has to do with spirituality. That's the way, right? In and up. And it goes up into the head. So we all start to think that we are God and in a way it's true and it's a great realization, but then eventually we realize that we have to use this uh, God force or godliness towards good things, whatever resonates with the universe. And, and it means lift uplifting uh, big and small. So um, when Kundalini Yoga found me, I thought that I could do everything. And then I remember until now that Guru Mukar uh had us holding a backband like this with breath of fire. <laughs> for three minutes in the deepest background. And because of my ego, I stayed, but I I probably thought three times during that three minutes that I was going to break like a stick, but I stayed because my ego was strong. And when I came back, miraculously, my tears started to just uncontrollably fall out. And I went into a trembling the shaking that i never felt before like all my nervous system was signaling me that this is where your next phase lies this is what you have to work on and then it hit me that okay i think now i'm gonna do kundalini yoga
0: (laughs) this is it for me that's pretty funny um i love that that share and that experience of uh, the ego and how it comes into play and how it's really the greatest teacher for for all of us because we're able to realize why something is coming up for us or why we feel like we need to be the best at something. So I, I appreciate that. One thing I would love for us to talk about is the importance of a spiritual name and what your spiritual name means to you. <laughs> so,
1: um, because pretty much everyone in Yogi Bhajan's world or the three age world, um, everyone has a spiritual name who wants to uh, teach Kundalini Yoga, I also signed up because I thought that this is how it goes. Right? And I had no idea that when the spiritual name comes, what it really going to mean to me. So I open up the envelope and I see Bir Akal Kar. And before me, all my friends and fellow teachers who asked for a spiritual name, they all got Beautifully sounding, melodious, very soft, like Shiva Shakti Kar or such Shakti Kar, or something that was really like, like, like really nice. And I get this Bir Akal Kar, and I was like, Oh no, I'm not going to use this. And I see the translation, and and so every spiritual name has also layers, and 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 I. I'm sure that it has meanings to us users or who identifies with the name in depth, in in different dimensions. It It means different things. So when I learned about it first, I thought that I was a constant warrior because beer means someone who fights. A call means timeless, which means endless. So the first translation that was in my head is I'm a constant fighter and then as time went by and I, I got to the golden temple I went to India I learned more about the language this is not Sanskrit this is Gurbani or Gurmukhi what the Sikhs use in the Sri Guru Granth Sahib so I learned that Bir also means the bible itself that the Sikhs carry upon their head and every morning they open it up and they take a message from God from this, um, sacred book. So beer is the Shabbat guru, the guru of sound, everything, all the wisdom, which is in the book from enlightened beings. So basically with time, with meditation, working with the sound current, with the Shabbat guru, with this, the content of this great book, I learned that, I'm someone who just endlessly, through lifetimes, bring the power of the word to the people.
0: I can attest that is true. Oh, Guru. Hmm. I remember telling you, I think I messaged you about my spiritual name because it brought me to my knees. It was such a a moment of being seen. And I think that's on the most deep level. We all want to be seen. We all want to feel loved. We all want to feel like we are enough. So to have that realization and reminder of something within me that maybe I didn't realize? In my conscious mind, that is within me. It was a beautiful experience.
1: <laughs>
0: For you, you know, one thing that you've really made me realize in my own life is the importance of the practice, but also the importance of community. And you bring together such an, an incredible community of women, anytime, or men um, that we've gathered so for anyone listening how can they not only start their own practice but maybe find their community to practice with
1: i never forget that at some point um i moved from hungary to the united states and i was already a yoga teacher i was for a while traveling back and forth and i used to come when i had um, clients here when i had workshops organized and i also went to hungary when it happened the same way over there uh, mostly hungary but also sometimes in spain etc so when i had to decide where is my place where is where are my roots where i really have to just stay and start to um, radiate my essence and i never forget that i was consciously i I wanted to find out with my thinking process how i'm going to um, invite people in what is the marketing strategy because i was a marketing person and a pr person before so i thought that spiritually works the same way but I never forgot that Yogi Bhajan has a lecture where he says, where there is a Kundalini yoga teacher with a solid sadhana with a solid spiritual practice, um, sadhaka's, uh, students, clients will just appear. So I realized that it does not matter if I'm going to move to the country in Hungary, any States in the United States or any country in, in the mountains or near the beach. If I have my sadhana and I I radiate my essence, my soul, I keep up with my my practice, people are going to show up, whomever is ready for the frequency. That's all.
0: Hmm. So simple. Yeah. Yeah. So simple. What does your sadhana look like every day?
1: Very different. I have a two and a half year old. So uh, before him, my sadhana was super religious, meaning every single day I would wake up one or two hours before the sunrise. This is called the Aquarian Sadhana. Um, In Kundalini Yoga, we tend to wake up before the sun because if we wake up with the sun or after the sun, our nervous system responds to the morning in a different way. And we might find ourselves in a different mindset or or attitude so we want to go before this attitude and we want to create this neutrality for the busy mind and we want to cleanse and clear and let go of um, traumas and thought patterns that had been sitting in our subconscious and unconscious so i had that super religious i did it hardcore And probably that's why I managed to work through a lot of trauma, a lot of trauma from my, um, communist childhood. And since I have my family, I just got married recently. I'm 45 years old. So just four years, I've been married and we have a two and a half year old. So our life, significantly changed so for example last night i got to meditate at the full moon between 3 and 4 30 in the morning but i have to confess that it does not happen all the time sometimes my baby still cries for me he looks for me so my sadhana is whenever i can sometimes at noon when he's napping maybe walking with the stroller and i'm constantly chanting my mantra when he goes to bed at 10 p.m Instead of going to bed, I sit down and meditate, so whatever I can.
0: Hmm. I appreciate that um, because I don't like all or nothing. I always believe that there's a little bit of this like middle kind of gray space. And I also think it's helpful for us to give ourselves the permission for the practice to look however the practice is going to look in our lives. And so many people won't do the practice because they think it needs to look perfect, but that's just not maybe the, um, maybe that's not what it's gonna be for everyone and that's okay. So really making it your own, which I think that you just gave us all permission to do so.
1: (laughs) This is what my son teaches me the most that nothing is ever perfect, but everything is the way it's supposed to be.
0: Hmm. Wise rain? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that's beautiful Mm. for someone who is just listening to this where can they begin their journey if they feel curious maybe it's just meditation maybe it's yoga maybe it's kundalini where maybe it's mantra where can they begin i would say
1: uh um give it a shot, take a Kundalini yoga class. Um, start browsing on the internet or on your Facebook and you will find at least one Kundalini teacher amongst your friends because there are so many and that's a blessing. Uh, there are millions of yoga teachers in the world right now. So just take someone who you trust and and sit with it. And if you don't love chanting, that's where your work lies. <laughs>
0: it's so funny you say that because sometimes at my women's circles i'll have us chant and i'll say if you're new to chanting welcome (laughs) welcome (laughs) Uh, my husband actually just began chanting so we're winning (laughs) it's great it's amazing it's amazing So where can people find you? Where can they learn more about your work in the world in New Jersey, Where can they get to know you better? Um, We have a studio um,
1: in Morristown, New Jersey, but obviously right now it's uh, closed for probably another two, three months, but I teach on Zoom. And the studio is called Yogin House of Kundalini. Um, Also my schools, Or whatever schools came through me into existence for people who just want to be yoga teachers or who want to um, evolve in their own spiritual life Uh, the yoga schools uh, are called yogin and this name came from the Bhagavad Gita although we Mostly teach Kundalini, which is, I mentioned, um, it's not, it, it it doesn't come from the Sanskrit tradition. It comes more from, um, a newer coding system from the 1500s, which is called Gurmukhi or Gurbani. But, um, the name of this school came from the Bhagavad Gita and Yogin stands for, um, Someone who is able to resist the force of desire and anger, even before he quits his body, he is a blessed man, a yogin. So when I read that in the Gita, in the main scripture of yoga, it just hit me so hard because this only line gives us a lifetime of tasks
0: So I, so I so stayed with the name. I love it. I think I added some of the links in the description of the video so everyone can learn more about Aggie's work, the schools, the teachings. Um, and I'm sure as soon as anyone dips their toes in the water, they're gonna want more. So (laughs) thank you so much, Aggie. I'm so, so grateful that we could do this. I'm so grateful to have you as a teacher in my life. And just thank you.
1: Thank you so much for everything as well.
0: Thank you. And thank you, everyone, for being here today. We will be back on Thursday with another episode. We'll be learning about human design to discover your soul's purpose. So stay tuned, everyone, (laughs) and have a beautiful, beautiful day. Sadam. Sadam.